Amen. Are you ready for the word? I felt really stirred this morning to encourage you before the word. Last week we were at um, a church in Oklahoma and it's a, a, a very large church and my daughter went to the class and she came, we came back and this morning as we were driving to church we pray for the service and she was praying that that as many children that are in that service would be in our service. Sorry. And I felt like the word is going to bring vision to you this morning. As we stood in that place, she got a vision for what God could do here. But the word of God was going to come forth in a way that you would have a picture of what he can do so that you could catch the vision. And I just ask that you would ask the Lord to give you eyes to see what he's going to do for the vision of something that you need to see in your future that you haven't seen yet or something about God that you need to be revealed so that you can see him the way he really is or a vision of something for your life that you can say, I'm moving forward in this because now I have vision to see this. And I challenge you to take your notebooks out and write it down. When the Lord speaks vision over you, you need to write it down that it might be very plain and clear that you can have something to run with. So God, we thank you for your word this morning, that it is not just black and white ink on a paper, but a very clear picture of vision for us to see what you're doing, where you're going, your heart, your mind, your thoughts for us. God, I ask that our eyes would be able to see in the spirit of the of things that you're doing, that you would be able to cast vision into our lives, that we would be have motivation to move forward. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what the spirit is doing in this place. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word being released in this house. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Wow. Well, I don't even need to preach anymore. Between the prayer time and the that, that's good. But I want to up your game today. Are you all right with that? Are you on board with me? I mean, really? Okay. Get ready to be upgraded. Amen? On a scale of 1 to 10, you might think, Maybe in your faith and understanding and such, maybe you're a 2 or a 3. Or maybe you're a 5.7. But I want to take you up to being a 9.6 or a 9.99 out of 10. Not to be perfect necessarily, but to be close, very close in your faith and understanding. That's where we should all be. I want to convince you beyond a shadow of a doubt about this truth. So that your ground, the ground you stand on will be like a solid rock. Because there's a name that exists of unprecedented power. A name that sends terror to the hearts of the demon entities, all them guys. But brings hope to the hearts of those believers in Jesus. And that name is Jesus. That name is Jesus. I want to uncover the breathtaking potency of that name above all names. I want to ignite a holy passion within you. A passion to wield the name of Jesus 
with unwavering faith. To see him move in your life. To see the undeniable power of God manifested in every corner of your life and the lives of those that you love. I want to see his power. So let's, let's join our hearts together, fearless and resolute, as we learn about the wonderful, mighty, matchless, incomprehensible, incomparable, and holy name of Jesus. Miss Smith Wigglesworth, in a book he wrote about the name of Jesus, he said, all things are possible through the name of Jesus. There is power to overcome everything in this world through his name. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's no such thing as the Lord not meeting your need. There are no ifs, ands, or maybes. His promises are all. I'm waiting for the pause of impact. They're yes. They're yes. All things are possible to him that believeth. Amen. Oh, the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. to meet every condition of the human need. So I want to start with the simple truth of our identification with Christ. The glorious fact of our identification with Christ is the richest, one of the richest facts in the whole of Scripture. And all of these facts that we're going to look at, are, they're true. They're in the Word. It says, we were crucified with Christ. Did you know that? We were nailed to the cross with Him. When He was stripped naked, And hung there in his shame and disgrace, so did we, too, hang there. He took our place on the cross. We died with him. We died with him when he died. He died to Satan's rule, and so did we. That's good. He died to sickness and disease, and so did we. We were buried together with him as he went down into that place of suffering. And shame. He paid the penalty for our sins and our service to Satan. And he put off from himself the forces of darkness and sin, the sickness and disease of man. And so we put them off in him. We left them there. And then we were raised together with Christ. Hmm. He was raised up by the glory of the Father. And when he satisfied the claims of justice, he met and he met the great enemy of man and he defeated him. He conquered him. I like what it says in Colossians two fifteen. I have listened to this verse every night for maybe a year. Not this verse, but the book of Colossians. And this verse is so powerful, these verses. So just let the incomparable truth of these strike your heart. In verse ten it says, And you are complete. There's nothing left out. You're complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. In him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the body of sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. You were buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God. should be reading this translation that translation that's better verse 13 this realm of death describes our former state 
for we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return. I like that. Hmm. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all of our sins. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant which stood to indict us. He erased it all. He erased it all. Our sins, our stained soil, he deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. Wow. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Everything. You in entirety. And then in verse 15 it says, Then Jesus made a public display, public spectacle, of all the powers and principalities of darkness. He stripped away from them every weapon and all of their spiritual authority and their power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. Not, he was not their prisoner. They were his. Notice in all of these verses, it's past tense. This is what happened. This is real. It's true. It's what happened. It's true of you if you've accepted Jesus. what happened and we have the benefit of everything Jesus did he was made alive in the spirit justified in the spirit and we were we arose with him he was raised up because God justified him he could not be held any longer by death or hell it wasn't possible when he conquered sin and disease and so did we in Christ Jesus paid it all. He paid it all. And we were identified with him in that conquest. He arose from that conquest a victor. A victor. And when he arose and stood in triumph over death and hell and Satan and disease in the grave, we stood with him. And now we are seated in heavenly places in Christ in the highest place of power in all of creation. In Ephesians 2, 6, it says, And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's true. Hmm. I want you to think about this for a minute. This matchless, wonderful, incomparable name of Jesus. Jesus said he, we could use his name in prayer. He said we could use his name in dealing with demons. He said we could use his name in ministering healing. In fact, that's where the secret lies. It's his name. It's his name. We've sometimes depended way too much on our own strength, on our own ability, on our strategies, on our own weapons. When in reality, his name is what brings the victory. Maybe, maybe we just use his name as a, as a salutation on the closing of our prayers. We don't even think about it. Just take it on. 
but oh, the power of his name. When Jesus gave us the legal right to use his name, the Father knew all that the name would imply. When it was breathed in prayer by oppressing by oppressed souls. And it is it is the joy of the Father to recognize that name when we pray. The possibilities unfolded in his name are beyond our understanding. And when he says to the church, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he's giving us a sign check with the resource resource of heaven behind it. And he's asking us to fill it in. Listen to these verses that Jesus spoke in John. These are probably the most powerful verses that Jesus spoke about prayer. John 14, 12 through 14, it says, most assuredly, remember every time in the scriptures, when Jesus was speaking and he says, truly, truly, I say to you, or verily, verily, I say to you, or most assuredly, I say to you, he wants to make it you absolutely positive that what he's saying is true and you better listen. He's wanting to get your attention, wants you to perk up your ears and hear what he's saying. So he says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do will he do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. Then in verse 13 he says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Wow. And then in John chapter 15, a similar passage. Verse 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Wow. And then in John chapter 16, beginning in verse 23, he said, For here is an eternal truth. Here's that that statement again. He said, verily, verily, for here is an eternal truth. So powerful. Jesus is telling us this truth will not pass away. This truth stands forever. This truth is eternal. It's not going to change in a hundred years, in a thousand years, in five thousand, in ten thousand years. It's eternal. When the time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything. But instead, you will go directly to the Father and ask him for anything that you desire. And he will give it to you because of your relationship with me. Until now, in verse 24, until now you have not been bold enough to ask the Father a single thing in my name. But And you can be sure I skipped a line. A single thing in my name, but now you can ask. Now. Right now. Today, you can ask. And keep on asking him. And you can be sure that you'll receive what you've asked for. And your joy will have no limits. Those three passages of scripture that Jesus They're the most staggering statements that maybe ever fell from his lips to us.
we are to have the use of his name, the name of omnipotence, the name that is all-powerful. He doesn't say, if you believe. He doesn't say, if you have enough faith. He doesn't say any of those things. He just gave us his name and said, use it. Use it. And it was a name that was worth having. In Philippians 2.9, it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. The name of Jesus is above every name. It's above Mike. It's above Fred. It's above George. It's above every name. The name of Jesus. A name above every name. The name of any sickness. The name of any demon. The name of any person. The name of any idea. Anything. He is above it. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, and those on the earth, and those under the earth, that every knee is under him. To the glory of God, that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Apostle Paul declares to us that Jesus is exalted, that he's bestowed upon him, that God has bestowed upon him a name above all names. And that name, that signifies the name of Jesus. It carries incomparable authority, incomparable supremacy over every other name, everywhere, anywhere, for all of time. Jesus' name is the first. And as believers, we have been entrusted with the privilege to use his name in spiritual warfare, knowing that it is the ultimate weapon against the forces of evil. Oh, the power that's in his name. And he gave us the legal right to use it. And we're, we're even called by his name, aren't we? We're called Christians, Christians, because his name is first. It represents all that he was, all that he is, and all that he'll ever be. Everything he does, everything he is. And when we get a thorough understanding of his name and the power that is in his name, All that the name means in heaven, it will mean to us too. Think about this. He put he didn't he put absolutely no limitations on using his name. So powerful. So powerful. Scripture says he's his justification is my justification. His righteousness is my righteousness. His health is my health. His strength is my strength. His freedom from Satan's dominion is my freedom. It says he set us free from the power of Satan and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. He's, his freedom from condemnation is my freedom from condemnation. Satan doesn't have one thing on you. You are a victor. You have the name of a conqueror. All that he did, he did for me. 
And so if he bore my sins, I don't need to bear them. If he bore my sins, I don't need to bear them. Everything he did, he did for me. He did for you. He didn't do it for himself. He was in heaven with God from eternity past. He could have stayed up there, been happy. But he chose to come down to earth as a man for you, for me, for this very purpose, to exchange his life for yours, to exchange his blessing for your curse, to exchange your unrighteousness for his righteousness. He put, he put me and all my sin away, and he has given me all that he has and all that he was, and all that he did. And so the scripture even says in First John, as he is, so am I in this world. The struggle is over. The wonderful part about this whole story is that it doesn't require any faith on my part to enjoy this. Not really. Because he gave it to me. Those things that we read, he gave them to you. You're, they're yours. What's yours is you don't, you know, in, in Romans it says, what we hope for, we don't have. But once we have it, we don't have to hope. We don't have to have faith. You have it. You have his righteousness. Say it. I have his righteousness. Amen. All you need to do is stand and praise him for it. And when you praise him and thank him, the, the fruit of the, what he has given you begins to manifest in your life, becomes operative. So I stand before God, before the angels, and even before Satan, I say, I'm clothed in Christ. I'm, I'm hidden in Christ. I'm enwrapped, I'm, I'm enwrapped in Christ. I'm enfolded in him. I'm in Jesus. And I speak Jesus. Think about what that means. I put on Christ. I have put, you know, it says, put on Christ. So I put him on. I, I'm, in cover, I'm covered with him. He is, you know, it's kind of like the two pictures, one of a glove, as a, of a glove. And if you, if you put your hand in the glove, you're, you're completely encased in the glove. Your hand doesn't touch anything, only the glove. That's the way it is with Jesus. When I put him on, it's like stepping inside of him. And if you're going to touch me, you're going to have to touch him first. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You are a new creature. A new, everything about you is new. Everything about you is new. Old things have passed away. The old, all things have become new. The old things of weakness, the old things of failure, the old things of defeat, the old things of, of unbelief, the old things of sin have passed away. They passed away. And the new things of faith, the new things of life, 
the new things of joy, the new things of health for the body, the soul, and the spirit, they're mine. You didn't say you're going to have them someday. He said they're yours. That's past tense. So many of the scriptures about us are in the past. Past tense. These things have already happened to you. You have already become a new creature in Christ. You have already had have old things that passed away. You have everything that's new. All things have become new. In Galatians, it says, It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Wow. I don't have to take that position. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to worry and struggle or or anything like that. I'm in that position. I have to realize that's where I'm at. That's what Jesus has given me. It's mine. And it gives me the undisputed right to use his name to fight the enemy, to defeat the enemy, to be a conqueror in Jesus. The hosts of hell may assault you, but you meet them in the name that spreads terror through their hearts. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. If you ask in that name, if you declare that name, if you pray in that name, you're a victor. Whether it concerns, whatever it concerns, you're a victor. I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus, says in Romans. So when the hosts of the enemy come against you, grab hold of everything you've got and stand in that name. Declare that name. Say, in the name of Jesus, I defeat you. That name, I'm part of that name, and, and, and I'm part of God. I'm hidden in Christ, and so I must be a victor. I'm identified with all that Christ is, and, and the enemy might be stubborn and resist. But my will is set. And I'm going to win. He's not going to win. I'm going to win. Amen? The enemy might stand for a time, but he will yield. It says, if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. It doesn't say he might. Someday, it says he will. So you stand. And you set your will to do the will of God, to believe him and push through every obstacle that the enemy puts in your way. I'm going to go where God wants me to go. I shout my command and I say, get away from me, Satan. And I do it until I'm obeyed. In the Old Testament, when the Israelites were taking the uh, promised land, one of the promises that God gave them was, Every place your, the sole of your foot shall tread upon, it's yours. So every promise in the New Testament 
that you put your feet on or it's just yours. Grab hold of the promises of God. They're yours. So it's time to possess the land. Hmm. Don't give up until the last enemy is conquered and is paying you tribute. Remember the name of Jesus stands as an unstoppable weapon in spiritual warfare. It's the instrument in which a believer can experience victory, can experience breakthrough, can experience divine empowerment. It extends beyond the mere words. It it, it brings to us the very life of the Savior and his redemptive work. In the battle cry of the name of Jesus, we stand strong. We find hope, we find identity, and we find the ultimate weapon that renders the enemy powerless. So let's rise up as warriors in unshakable faith, believing that we have the victory in Jesus. Remember, the name of Jesus is not just a label. It's not just something we stick on the end of our prayers and say, I said that today. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about standing in victory, knowing his name is powerful. And I don't speak his name unless I speak it in power. I'm not just invoking a name. I'm invoking the very presence of Jesus himself when I use his name. The authority vested in his name is the culmination of his victorious life, death, and resurrection. It is it is in the utter defeat of the powers of darkness. And when we proclaim his name, we are ascending to the very heights of spiritual authority. It's as if we're standing before the throne of God. We're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And we're wielding the power of heaven itself. When he used his name. This divine authority is not a power that I carry. But it's a power that I have access to through my union with Christ. It's not just a mental affirmation. It's not a magical incantation. It's not any of those things. It, it comes from the very essence of who Christ is. And who he is to you and me. comes through the power of his Holy Spirit into our lives. And when we grasp the full reality of Jesus' authority and recognize that we are co-heirs with Christ, then we can tap into an unyielding reservoir of strength, power, that far surpasses our human limitations. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Jesus is that name. He is that name. He, all he was and all he did, all he will do, is in that name. He wrought healing for us. His healing is for us now. He satisfied the claims of justice. He became our righteousness. He is now our righteousness. He passed through death and into life. Now, he gave us his life. He gave us his strength. He gave us his victory. 
everything. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, the last verse, it says, Now thanks be to God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Not sometimes, but always. He always causes us to triumph in Christ. Hallelujah. And he makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us. See, there's a, there's a partnership with him. When we speak his name, it, it empowers God to act on our behalf. He'll do things in our life that he wouldn't do if we didn't use his name. So you have a responsibility. You can see in what we share the marvelous possibility that belong to us as believers who know the authority and the power in his name. And the knowledge, that knowledge carries with it a responsibility that cannot be ignored. You can never be the same kind of Christian when you leave this place that you've been in the past. This is eternal truth. And it changes our lives when we hear it. And you've caught a glimpse of what you might do if, you're, if you dared to see the authority that is now with us, in us, for us. Because the moment where you are recreated, when you came to know Jesus, his name, and everything he is was yours. So you've upped your game today. Say amen. amen. The level of your faith has risen. You have new understanding of what the scriptures teach about Jesus. And you will never be the same. Let's stand up. Others, we've shared your word today. We've seen the incredible promises that you've given us that we can we can ask you anything in your name. You didn't put any limits on it, didn't put any conditions, you just said ask. You said ask. So Lord, you you oh, you gave us so much. Everything you did was for us. Everything. So, Lord, we praise you and we thank you. We give you honor and glory and and exaltation today because you're so worthy to be praised, so worthy to be worshipped. We thank you so much, Father, for your goodness over us for your strength and for the victory that we have in Jesus. We give you praise forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Wow. You guys look so good. Put your hand in your heart this morning.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Go in this world and win the battle. <laughs>